Ready, Said, Debt. Join me on our latest episode on shrinkflation, a profit dilation if you really look at the numbers. I'm Ulrika, Director of Sparrow Loans, which is a private property lender in Australia. You may have come across the term shrinkflation recently. It's basically where product sizes are cut, but the price remains the same. We're paying more for less. The first casualties of package downsizing are in our favourite aisles, chips, lollies and cereals. According to the Queensland Consumer Association, one supermarket increased the price of a popular cereal by 12% while reducing its contents by 5%, pushing prices per 100 grams up by nearly 20%. Cadbury Dairy Milk chocolates now weigh in at 165 grams, down from 180 grams, yet retail prices remain the same at 5 bucks. Sour Patch Kids have also gone from 220 grams to 190 grams without budging from its $4 retail price. Food manufacturing companies are dealing with some of the highest inflation rates in more than two decades. Russia's war in Ukraine, supply chain crunches, soaring commodity prices, and China's manufacturing slump have pointed the shrink ray at our shelves. As consumption declines, buyers will become highly price sensitive. This makes even small increases to the price of goods disastrous for sales revenue. So they'll keep the prices the same, but reduce the value. In a high inflation environment, businesses tend to go down two routes. They either pass down price increases onto customers or downsize products to reduce costs while charging you the same. This strategy works particularly well in competitive environments. Brands will often repackage their goods quietly, so consumers remain unaware of changes and maintain their purchasing habits. In doing so, brands keep their market share high while boosting their profits. This may explain why EBIT is at 17% in MSCI's World Index, surpassing the pre-pandemic peak of 15%. Businesses are squeezing consumers, and we're left disappointed with our half-empty Doritos packets. It's not a case of the packet is half-full or half-empty. It is simply half empty. This trend is clear evidence of the current price gouging in the private sector. Australia's national accounts show that rising profits and expanding margins drive today's inflationary episode, not rising costs. We covered this in our previous episode on the real source of inflation, which you can check out. The gross operating surplus for private non-financial corporations increased by 7.3% and the profit share for businesses as a percentage of GDP is at historically high levels. Any claims that businesses do not have a choice but to increase prices or reduce quantities are misguided as price increases are beyond inflation predictions. The choice is really whether to reduce or maintain their profit margins or inflate them to capitalize on people's expectations for higher prices. When businesses engage in shrinkflation, they've chosen profit margins over consumer value. This is especially true of larger firms with vertically integrated supply chains, as they can more easily spread out their costs. Any price changes to our favorite supermarket items caused by a rising cost would be very small. Consider the scale that many food manufacturers operate at selling millions of items to multiple international markets. Increasing fixed costs would be more than offset by a minor price increase per unit. So while small increases in the cost of individual goods are reasonable for businesses with tightening supply chains, overnight increases of up to 20% are ridiculous. Firms are exploiting their market position to raise profits during a challenging time, as many have done throughout the pandemic. 
we can count on the private sector to be opportunistic, leading to near doubling of half-yearly corporate profits to $80 billion, according to the ACTU. Supernormal profits need to be reined in, yet without competition policy, this will not happen. As interest rates rise and consumption begins to fall, food manufacturers and many private sector players will be forced to either lower their prices or settle with lower sales volumes. But if consumers expect this to stay, then they'll keep holding on to their profits. From a private lending perspective, this is not necessarily a bad thing as it will help with borrower serviceability and their business longevity. With my private lender hat on, I'm glad that businesses are doing something to make sure they can continue to enjoy strong profits and cash flow. But from a consumer perspective, I just want my Doritos. Next time you're at the shops, take a look at some of the prices and quantities you're seeing on the shelves. I'm Ulrika Lobo, and until next week, have a lovely weekend.